0: Welcome to FRIED, the burnout podcast, season five. The goal of each FRIED episode, whether you're an entrepreneur, parent, employee, or otherwise defined, is to create moments of spontaneous healing by ensuring that you feel seen, heard, connected to others, and validated. By doing this, FRIED fulfills its mission to kill the shame, blame, and judgment associated with burning out, and FRIED adds to its original goal of creating a movement to hashtag end burnout culture. Should you need a coach, FRIED coaches are standing by to help guide you through recovery. Book a call anytime by visiting the links in the show notes. Should you need a speaker, you can hire me, Kate, and you can rest assured that your people will have fun and learn about burnout at the same time. In the meantime, I'm ready to give you this week's episode, which will help you heal just a little bit more starting now. Hi, fried friends. Welcome back for another episode of Straight From Sarah. Before we get started, I'd like to give mad props to autosave. While I was processing and writing this episode today, I was overtaken by gratitude for how my work is constantly being saved without me having to think about it. Those of you who are old enough to remember the days of losing your work because you forgot to save it before you stopped working, or your computer crashed before you hit save will probably empathize empathize with me and the crushing feeling of having to start a paper over when that autosave didn't exist. Who give it up for whoever created autosave. If you know who that person is, let me know. Thank you, thank you, thank you to that person. Now that I have that out of the way, let's get started with today's episode. As most of you already know, back in January, I was introduced as a coach for the highly sensitive empaths and healers in the group. Though I did initially make some videos for the members of the Facebook community, I haven't been speaking specifically to the HSPs through the podcast. I've realized recently that this is because something very curious has happened within me, and. I wasn't exactly aware of it and wasn't really ready to talk about it until now. Before I say more, if you would, please dive in with me and imagine this scenario. You are a server in a big, busy restaurant. It smells of delicious wood-fire grilled food. You are immersed in the sounds of music, laughter, and conversation. You navigate through the sea of people carrying drinks and dishes while slipping around your coworkers who are doing the same. You deliver food to a table outside at the 95 degree heat. And while you lean over to put down a glass, you are enthusiastically greeted by a big dog who was catching shade under the table. And as you make your way back inside, you have to stop short for a toddler who is digging troughs in the cider garden gravel. It's amazing that more of you don't crash into each other, but you don't because your group radar is keen on preventing collisions. It's an unconscious system of organized chaos much like driving through busy intersections in big cities in India, but with much less honking. If you know, you know. So how does your nervous system react to hearing this description? Are you immediately overwhelmed? Does this prospect of this amount of stimulation make you want to run home and hide under the covers? If you are a highly sensitive person, you're likely experiencing... That kind of reaction and tend to avoid scenarios like this busy restaurant if at all possible. I totally get it. I have been there. But as of late, I am within the restaurant scenario that I just described to you five days a week. And dare I generally say that I am not usually overwhelmed by it? It feels incredible to be able to roll with this kind of organized chaos. But what in the hell? How? Why is it that I used to be completely debilitated by these kinds of busy and chaotic scenarios and now I'm in the flow with this organized chaos? I thought I was wired for high sensitivity for my whole life, and now I don't seem to be as sensitive as I once was. This has left me quite curious and unsure about this label for myself moving forward. Am I still highly sensitive or just a little sensitive? Is high sensitivity how we are wired, or is it sometimes due to nervous system dysregulation from birth? Or do we become highly sensitive due to chronic stress at the burnout level, but we can heal it and become able to process stimuli efficiently again? Maybe it's different for each of us. I certainly do not have all the answers, which is why I'm bringing this up here. I would like your input. I need some more data besides my own. If you currently do or have identified as a highly sensitive person, would you go to the Fried the Burnout podcast discussion group on Facebook and tell me if you've experienced your sensitivity levels changing as you recovered from burnout? Or if you're just as sensitive, just as, sensitive as you've ever been, even as you're healing, I want to know that too. I appreciate any and all feedback around this. If you're not sure because you haven't reflected on it yet, keep listening because that's what's coming next, because what's coming next may help you clarify things for you. If you've been following the podcast and are in the Facebook group since the beginning of the year, you may have already watched the series of videos that I created that dive into the six defining characteristics of highly sensitive people and also offer some tools to help you meet those corresponding needs. If you haven't seen them and you want to, You can search my name in the Facebook group and those videos will pop up for you. Either way, here's a breakdown of the characteristics and my evolving experiences with them. My hope is that this will help you gain perspective around yours. I am sharing the six characteristics as they are defined in the book, The Highly Sensitive Person by Elaine and Erin, who, along with her husband and a team, has done a ton of research around high sensitivity, driven by understanding her own and that of those seemingly sensitive around her. The first characteristic of highly sensitive people is depth of processing. HSPs generally need more time and space to process what they experience or they get overwhelmed by it compared to the general population. This is absolutely something I used to struggle with even just a few months ago, but I definitely don't need as much time to process as I used to except to write and record these podcast episodes, which is where I need the most time and space to process these days and is one of my only sources of overwhelm. Fingers crossed that processing this to write this episode may shift some of that for me for the next episode. So what about you? What are your processing needs these days? Do you need more or less time than you did before? Are they the same as a year ago? Do you get overwhelmed if you don't give yourself enough time and space to process? Feel free to pause and reflect and take notes as I ask questions throughout this episode if you choose to respond because things are bubbling up for you. The second characteristic is differential susceptibility. If we have had troubled lives, we are more susceptible to feeling the things we deem negative stronger and are prone to more anxiety and depression than others. But if we've had an easier life, we are more susceptible to feeling the things we've labeled positive, like joy and happiness, more strongly. Personally, I'm not so sure where I fall for this one. My childhood did not have any notable big T trauma or any adverse childhood experiences. Yet I know now that I've been living with anxious attachment and significant codependence that absolutely caused me lots of ongoing stress and certainly contributed significantly to my burning out. So I'm not sure what Elaine would have to say about that. So I'll just ask you this. When you step back and look at your life, has the course of it had an overall ongoing positive trend or a continuously negative one? Since we're all here and fried, perhaps the latter resonates most, which would qualify us as an example of differential susceptibility. But what do you think? The third characteristic is overstimulation. This tends to happen because there's too much stimuli to process at the depth that we need to process it as HSPs. As I mentioned, this does not seem to be happening to me at the level it used to, which is so relieving. This change in my nervous system is primarily due to the classes that I've been taking for the past year. In them, I've been sensing my body while doing simple movements, which has given my brain the location info it needs to create and use parasympathetic motor patterns to move through the world instead of just the sympathetic reflexes that spring us into action when in fight or flight mode. And the results have been astonishingly beneficial for me. My experience of the world is almost a 180 from when I was in the depths of burnout. I am so grateful for Alicia Fajardo and her method of holistic biomechanics. I've learned so much from her and about how the nervous system works or doesn't. And it's been super fascinating. She's mentioned that there's a part of our brain that determines whether our nervous system responds sympathetically or parasympathetically due to our present circumstances. It's called the reticular activating system, and it's a part of the brain stem. It receives the sensory information that we collect from our present environment. And if it deems the environment safe, it activates the parasympathetic response pathways. And if it's deemed unsafe, the sympathetic pathways are used. When we're chronically stressed, this part of our brainstem gets stuck firing the sympathetic pathways, keeping us in the stress loop, which fries our nervous system and leads to the burnout we have all experienced. In order to stop this cycle, we need to give our brain location info about our body in space, which happens during these classes. This heals our fried sensory nerves and brain and gets us out of the loop and onto a path to recovery. If you're interested in trying this method of healing for your nervous system, there's a link in the show notes to her website where you can take these classes from anywhere with internet access. I do not get anything for sharing this with you, just the pleasure of helping you along your burnout journey. If this doesn't sound like your jam, no worries. There's more than one way to recover from burnout. If you'd like some help with deciding which kind of support to turn to, please book a free call with me. I am delighted to hear your story and to help you get on a recovery path that does resonate with you. Now, back to this characteristic. How often do you feel overstimulated and overwhelmed? Multiple times a day or rarely? What kinds of experiences are overwhelming for you? Is it always environments that have a lot of different kinds of sensory stimuli or loud or smelly or big in one way or another? Are you even getting overwhelmed in relatively calm and quiet environments? I used to get overwhelmed by my mind racing, even when in a calm and quiet room. This is exactly what happens when our reticular activating system is stuck in stress mode. I could not be more relieved to be out of that mind space. If you are there, I hope my healing inspires you to keep going so that you can get here too. The fourth characteristic of highly sensitive people is empathy. So HSPs tend to feel what others are feeling in our own body. This is a super interesting one for me. I have strongly identified as an empath in in the past and felt very validated by that label, but that has evolved too. Although I still can't help but cry when I watch others cry, especially on a show that I'm wrapped up in, I am not as overwhelmed by what I used to call empathy, which I more accurately describe as the feelings I was having about what I was assuming someone else was feeling. Since I've been more tuned into myself, my not, and my needs, and not as outwardly tuned into everyone else and the state of the world around me, I don't often think about the struggles of people or the state of the environment and animals and get sad for them anymore. I used to assume that their experience was terrible and I wanted to save them from it. But in my recovery process, it's now easier to discern what I can control and what I am responsible for taking care of. I still can't witness a struggling human or plant right in front of me and not want to help. The difference is that I have awareness of my savior tendencies, and I know how to ask people if they want my help instead of offering unsolicited advice. Um, Can anyone resonate? And sometimes I even observe situations and immediately think, not my monkeys, not my circus. And I am able to walk away. This possibility wasn't even a thing for me just two years ago, so I've come a long way. Yay, me. And when I'm just responding to what's in front of me in my present environment, this is a much healthier response for me than worrying about all of the people that I don't know and all of the things I don't have any access to in my daily life. I have much more awareness of it and have come to a place where my empathy feels more like a blessing than a curse. So what's your empathy feel like to you? Is it more a blessing or more of a curse? Is your empathy overwhelming you or is it just informing you? Next. The fifth characteristic is emotional responsiveness. This comes from how deeply HSPs feel and process things, which leads them to having stronger emotional responses. I am certainly still an emotional and expressive person, but the highs and lows are not as extreme and they don't feel like they're dictating and driving my actions or inaction like they did a year ago. What a relief this change has been. The sixth characteristic is an awareness of subtle stimuli. What is subtle or not even noticeable to others is often very obvious to HSPs. I find that this is still a relevant characteristic for me. As I zip around the restaurant, I'm picking up on things that others don't seem to notice, like when someone at a table needs something or a piece of garbage on the floor that needs to be picked up. I wonder if some people see these things and ignore them, or if they just don't notice these subtle things the same way I do. Now, I do want to bring up that an awareness to subtle stimuli can look very similar to the hypervigilance that comes from being in chronic stress mode. This is especially true when the subtleties that you're acutely aware of are the emotional states of others if you're constantly on the lookout for even a hint of someone's anger or displeasure and will do anything to prevent it from fully manifesting, your sensitivity around this may be more of a trauma response than a characteristic of high sensitivity. But that's not to say that both can't be true, especially if you also resonate with most of the other characteristics I've listed. I certainly used to have this kind of hypervigilance about my romantic partner's emotional state which was driven by the anxious attachment I was experiencing for my whole life until recently. In addition to the benefits of the classes I've been doing, I had an incredibly healing experience while on retreat in Hawaii this past March. And since then, the broken record of anxious attachment in our dialogue has stopped. And wow, 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 is living life without that filter an incredibly different experience. I'm still adjusting to life with less of this particular kind of anxiety. And what I can say about it is that my experience of the same relationship I've been in for six and a half years is very different. It's almost confusing it's so different, but it's also so much less of a roller coaster than I've ever experienced in a romantic relationship, which is a huge source of relief. And I want this kind of relief for each and every one of you which is why I'm sharing my experience with you. So now that you've heard the analysis of my own varying experiences with high sensitivity, let me ask you, how do you generally experience your own sensitivity these days? Has your relationship with each of these characteristics changed since you first learned of your high sensitivity? As you have embarked on your burnout recovery journey and started focusing on your own not body, mind, and spirit, has your sensitivity increased or decreased? I get that these are big questions and they may be a lot to answer, especially when you're a fried HSP. But if you're intrigued and you want to answer them, may I suggest that you consider only one question at a time, or maybe just a couple questions about a particular characteristic and answer them one or one group at a time. You are welcome to listen to this podcast as many times as you need to, in sections or all together, so that you can give yourself as much space to process as you need. I'm ready to hear your responses, whether it's today or in a month, if it takes you that long to reflect. As I have reflected on this for myself, I've realized that as much as I used to feel validated by the idea that my high sensitivity was just how I was wired and wasn't something that I needed to fix, I am currently pleasantly surprised and quite relieved that the hardest parts of being highly sensitive have minimized. It's an exciting prospect that the most challenging aspects of high sensitivity might be healed as our nervous systems recover from burnout. What is happening for you right now? what is your reaction to these statements? Do you want these changes for yourself or do you feel invalidated by them? Inquiring minds want to know and by minds, I mean mine. If you're up for it, I invite you to take this episode and all the time and space that you need to process it and take your findings over to the Facebook group to share. Or if that's too public, feel free to email me at saravosen at gmail.com, which will be listed in the show notes for you to reference. As always, I am so, so grateful for your presence here at Friday the Burnout Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my thoughts, experiences, and wisdom. And thank yourself for being brave and choosing to engage in a recovery process that will truly change your life experience moving forward. Until next time, keep up the good work of taking care of you and your not.